0: it could end in 30 days with uh, with the National Marine Fisheries Service saying, We don't think that the information that you've presented here shows that there's a, you know, significant or imminent risk of extinction. And so then it's actually case closed unless Wild Fish Conservancy, the organization that's pushing for this, decides it wants to, I guess, you know, file a lawsuit or some kind of appeal. If they actually accept the petition, then that would start like a a year long review process, um, and then uh, and then within another year, if they decide that it it is merited, they would publish like a proposed rule, uh, request for public comments, and I think there's some process around designated critical habitats. So I think if there was a, a listing that was going to happen, it would not be happening for at least. Two years, but you know these things. I think very often get bogged down in litigation and um, appeals, and so yeah, I don't think you know we have to worry about fishing season getting shut down in Sitka or anywhere else because of this anytime in the near term.
1: Do you think the ESA listing is connected at all to the the uh, the lawsuit from the Wild Fish Conservancy and uh, I guess their long term strategy of? trying to protect the population of southern resident killer whales in Puget Sound by ending southeast commercial trolling for Chinook?
0: I think that there are some interesting and important questions that are raised by the Wild Fish Conservancy's activity here. You know, it it, it does feel like in a lot of places, in a lot of ways around the state, and particularly in South Central and in Southeast Alaska, like there are scary things happening in the ocean and I think they are asking questions in you know really tough ways in effect through the the lawsuit and the endangered species act petition about like what kind of steps do we need to and can we take to to deal with this I think the way that they're going about it where they don't really seem to be engaging with stakeholders and folks that are really connected to and invested in these resources and these fish in Alaska is not endearing them to a lot of those stakeholders. My sense is if you went uh, door-to-door at Sitka and asked for, did a poll on Wild Fish Conservancy, you probably wouldn't get a lot, a, a high approval rating. You know, it's hard, I think, for Alaskans and as an Alaskan to totally understand what their broader strategy is and are they really trying to engage Alaskans in their work or in some ways are they trying to basically use these sort of legal levers that are out there because they feel like Alaskans aren't taking this seriously and, and aren't going to be partners in their efforts, even if they're those efforts they think are necessary.
1: I think that's an interesting observation, Nat, because a number of high-profile conservation organizations like Salmon State and the Southeast Alaska Conservation Council have come out in opposition to the Wildfish Conservancy, both the lawsuit and now the ESA listing. In fact, Salmon State took the gloves off and said it's just a, an obvious effort by the Wild Fish Conservancy to to sort of stick a knife in the back of Southeast commercial trolling. So it does seem like there's an odd imbalance. If it really is an effort to conserve king salmon, why isn't the conservation community more aligned?
0: It feels like at some level, when we talk about the threats to this Southern resident killer whale population that the Wild Fish Conservancy says it wants to protect and threats to Chinook salmon, In Southeast Alaska and in Puget Sound, I think, you know, a lot of people and people in the Alaska conservation community are very quick to point the finger at Puget Sound area. It's like an urban uh, jungle. And what are you guys doing to stop the runoff of these like nasty PCBs and other contaminants you're getting from like, I guess, car tires that are also like linked to decline in in the killer whales. And I think you can also look and say, well, really the biggest problem affecting like our entire environment and all of our marine life, whether it's fish or orcas, is a global warming climate change problem. At some level, I can kind of empathize with the approach being taken by Wild Fish Conservancy here, because how do you as like a relatively small conservation advocacy group deal with like urbanization of an entire region of your state and, and, and unwinding that. And similarly, how do you as a small conservation organization deal with the global problem of climate change? It is much easier and and more convenient to like point the finger at the people that are pulling the fish one by one out of the ocean, even if the science is maybe not conclusive about how much of an impact they're having. And so, you know, I don't know. I think it's like, this is the kind of thing that we are seeing in broader places than just Alaska as we like deal with these bigger environmental issues, I think, and climate change in particular, is that like, you know, you start to get into this kind of blame game and, and finger pointing when the real, underlying problems might be things that we actually need to kind of come together and cooperate to resolve.